0: Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things
1: pertaining to the Christian faith.
0: Wrong answer. <laughs> related to the Christian faith. Don't say pertaining. Oh Don't, my. That's bougie oh my. as the young people say.
1: Bougie. Pertaining? The word pertains. to very, pertain. it's
0: very caviar and champagne. <laughs> We're related around
1: here. Related. Okay, I'll try to remember that. I know. Let me file that away in the in the Rolodex. In the Rolodex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Back in for the those day, of you have no idea computers. what this is. There's this little plastic thing that's set on your
1: desk. <laughs>
0: Oh, I, Moses is on the 100? podcast well, today. We were, just,
1: we were just discussing something that I got in class one day, and you're like, oh, do you have a digital copy of it? I'm like, man, this was mimeographed. So. I know, and I said, scan it. Scan
0: <laughs> it. I have like a scanner over here that like, yeah. it's like 50 pages. Mm. And you're like, it's in my files.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someplace. It's
0: in my files. Oh, <laughs> well, Next to your Rolodex, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. well, we're back. Yeah, it's another great bistro day. It is. We're
1: we're not together. We still haven't been. No, our busy lives have kept us apart. We, we (laughs) if you
0: could imagine an open field when we see each other, we're just gonna run to each other and just (laughs) like music swelling, slow motion. There's gonna be sweet fields. Behind us. Something like that. Anyway, not gonna happen. But yeah. um uh, not we're many back. wheat
1: fields in Indianapolis.
0: So. That's right. And geese. Canadian geese. <laughs> lots of Canadian geese there. Yeah. So. It's terrible. And they poop a lot.
1: Yeah. Well Let's not, let's not even go there. There's, there's too many things I could say about that. So. <laughs> anyway, well, we're back in the do you, know, do you know Canadian geese are still a protected species? I Did can't you know believe that. that because I know. Well, I, it's true, though. I looked it up, at least I, in Illinois. I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about the, the great state there, of Indiana. There's so but. many
0: of them. You know, you throw a rock and you, you could hit one, and I try on a regular <laughs> basis.
1: Well, you're breaking federal law I'm just law. I'm getting
0: it in their area. I'm just <laughs> okay. helping them find calmer waters. Anyway, anyway, okay. no geese have been harmed so, by
1: my hand. <laughs> so here's what I thought we'd talk about today. Just getting onto the subject at hand. Um, last week I mentioned my favorite Bible passage, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know there was a word we talked about that appears in this. And, and I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember you saying those <laughs> well, words. I don't remember what the word is. <laughs> we'll get back to that. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, the the. Uh, So I thought we'd talk about my favorite Bible passage today. So my question for you, though, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, is do you have a favorite Bible passage? What's your your favorite
0: well that's an interesting question
1: because <laughs> i don't have you know one. i think not everybody does and and people are surprised when i say mike because because there's lots of there's lots of good ones right i mean there's lots of good things in the bible um yeah i like all of it
0: i like everything
1: okay equally god has revealed so, to us know, Levit- leviticus 6 and mm. romans 8 oh, equal to you delicious but you know Romans eight is a good passage, and I, I quote it frequently. Uh, you know people. You know there's a lot in the Gospel of John. A few weeks back, we talked about ones that uh, passages that helped us understand Jesus. And you know there's things in, in there and uh, Revelation. I like to quote and, and make reference to. But my favorite Bible passage is actually from Paul, and uh, it, it's from a kind of a book that's not not read a lot. It's the book of Titus is where it's from yes
0: (laughs) i mean i mean most people that are all about paul they're like they're romans people (laughs) that's
1: that's true romans is definitely not a bad book um but uh but titus chapter three verses four through seven is my favorite passage and and i was a kid when 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 i uh you know, I kind of was thinking about this. I'm like, man, it just it's got everything about the Christian faith in here. It's kind of a I think I said last week this may be a bit of an overstatement. you know, if we had nothing else in the Bible except for this, we would have the the outlines of the gospel. and there's some really cool things uh, about it too that I think we can we can look at but anyway, that's that's my favorite bible passage. We should put on on our Facebook or uh, One of our many social media outlets. We should uh, we should put on there a a question and see if anybody else wants any of our listeners want to respond. So yeah, look look for that. What's your favorite Bible verse? Well, uh, well, or Bible passage.
0: Lovely Lauren, my wife will facilitate this question.
1: Yeah, that's good. That'll be a good thing.
0: Yes. So if you got one, (laughs) put it on there. I don't have one. You could just be like me.
1: So there are a lot. There's old Old Testament passages I like. There's you know there's New Testament. But Titus chapter three verses four through seven is I think there's just a lot of truth uh, poured into a very small package here in this in these few verses. So I'm going to begin with Titus chapter three, verse three, and I'll go ahead and read this. Because this kind of sets up the situation we find ourselves in before Christ, right? This is, and Paul often does this. He'll say, this is where we were uh, before we heard the good news, before we responded to the good news. I think it's an important thing for us to remember. We can say a little bit about that. But verse three, it says, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Now, that's a very strong language there, right? Mm-hmm. Paul is writing to Titus. I guess I should set up a little bit of the context because we're always talking about the historical context. Paul, it, this is according to Titus chapter one, Paul had left Titus on the island of Crete. Uh, and, and there are very young churches there on this island uh, and and Titus was kind of set there to kind of put things in order to make sure that the churches were following in a in a in a you know a orthodox way I suppose we would say uh, one of the things he said is it, there's not even elders yet in the churches and so he says you should appoint elders in all of the towns you know and and so he gave Titus this responsibility over several churches in this area and Titus seems to be doing a, a pretty good job of it from what we can tell from this letter but you're thinking about pagans here. this is the interesting thing to me is is we're not talking about uh, a jewish area. we're talking about an area where where paganism would have been the primary practice until christianity came came here uh, came into crete. and so this description here he gives i think is is a description of the kind of life that that they had lived. And so he's reminding Titus here that this is where they came from. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived. I talk a lot about this idea of uh, Christianity as the battle between truth and falsehood, this idea that we're, we're given truth and there's deception that's leading us in different ways. And so deceived and then enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. And Paul often will talk about sin as something that enslaves us or um, binds us, uh, holds us back. Uh, And so we, we were enslaved. He says we lived in malice, which is uh, malice is basically a word for ill feeling toward others. And envy has to do with wanting what others have, uh, and having a contentiousness because of that. And then, like I said, just kind of a summary: being hated and hating one another. You know, just this idea of uh, of um, you know being in this contentious relationship with those around us, hating and, and being hated, is what he sets up. So it's a pretty bleak picture that he he sets up. And then we begin verse four with a but, right? So, but when. And so here we were, we are in this situation, but here's the gospel. And like I said, here's kind of the gospel in a nutshell. So verse four, let me begin with this. It says, but when the kindness and love of God, our savior appeared several things, just in this first verse, I think uh, kindness, of course, is a, is a pretty, uh, Self-explanatory kind of word. Uh, it's a you know acting with graciousness toward others, uh, being you know kind toward others. But this word love is interesting because it's not the normal word that's used for love. It's not the normal word that's used for love of God. Which what would we say in Greek? You you know this right? Agape. Agape. Right. Aga- Agapao in the in the uh, verb form. But this is not that word. This is not. Uh, agape love, it's not even uh, the word uh, philos, uh, which is another word we see sometimes used for love. Uh, but this is the word um, philanthropia, which means love of humankind or humanity, mm. we could say. A- anthropos is the word for uh, for man, right, or mankind. Uh, humanity, we, we would say pr- probably today. And so it's a combination of the word philos and anthropos. So it's the idea of love. Enemy. Of hum- <laughs> what's that? well I, I love of humanity yeah love
0: of humanity okay well because later it seems like it has mm-hmm. he's I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead sure. here it says he saved us you know is that right. like uh, like an um, embodied love like through jesus
1: yeah and that well i think the appeared is where we start to see the idea of through jesus right okay when the kindness and love of god our savior appeared Uh, and, and i think that what paul is saying here is that jesus is the personification of god's love toward us right yeah that that um that that he is the one who's expressing God's love in his. <laughs> we were kind of joking when I asked if you had a favorite Bible verse, and I kind of I said John three sixteen, you know, which is a lot of you know we memorize yeah. John three sixteen, but actually that one kind of talks about that, right? Uh, it says God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, right? So so God's action of love toward us is in Jesus, and so that's where I think that idea of appearing, you know, he he appeared. So that word, though, philanthropia, only occurs two times in the entire New Testament, which I think is interesting. It's here and the other times in Acts chapter 28. um, You might remember Paul had the shipwreck. I think it's chapter 28. Is that correct? Paul shipwrecked it on the Isle of Malta. Mm -hmm. And the, the people, the Maltese, their act... Toward them, and he says, in an unexpected way, they they act toward us. And the the NIV I believe actually translates it here interestingly enough, kindness. But but basically, it's out of a love of humanity, right? Um, so so the idea there is, uh, even though they didn't know us, right, and we were not of their tribe, it's not the kind of love you've had have for a brother or a family member or something like that, or even someone who had something in common, but just out of their their love for human humanity, they acted for us in this way. Uh, and I do think it is an active, like you said, it, there's an active nature to it uh, in that. It is used a handful of times. I think five times in the later Septuagint, and so the Septuagint, you, know, you might remind,
0: is the people, Latin translation? No,
1: it's a Greek translation. Oh, Greek.
0: I'm sorry, that's the Vulgate, <laughs> right? Vulgate. The Greek yeah. translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. H-
1: Hebrew Old Testament. But but the interesting thing is, I think I think if I remember correctly, this this word occurs five times in the Septuagint, and I say later Septuagint. One of them is in the Book of Esther, and, and the other four times are in the in, in Second and Third Maccabees. <laughs> so so not even the parts of the of the. Uh, you know, the, the Apocrypha uh, for those last four, um, not even the more common parts of the Old Testament. It's not like this is in the book of Genesis or something like that, right? It's, it's, uh, it's in these. But it does occur several times in uh, a Jewish philosopher by the name of Philo that mm. is, is an early contemporary to Jesus. And, um, and so we find it used several times there. But it has this idea of you know, love of humanity, So so that's chapter 3, verse 4. So the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared. And I'll come back and say something else about that in just a minute. And then in verse 5, it says, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. So, you know, this is clear throughout all the teachings of of Paul Mm -hmm. that there is nothing in us to commend ourselves to God. It's not, we're not saved because of our righteous act toward Him but it is out of his initiation of mercy toward us. Uh, He acted first in mercy toward us. And I think that's a consistent teaching throughout Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament. God acts first for humanity, and then we we are asked to respond to that. And so he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Paul, of course, I think that's a big deal for Paul, because you think about his experience on the Damascus Road, right? It wasn't because he was doing great things for God. It was it was kind of the opposite. He was acting out against the church, right. and uh, and God appeared to him in this. So he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us then through the washing of of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. I want to break down some of these uh, words as well. This idea of washing occurs, this word, Lutron is the word, it only occurs two times in the entire New Testament as well. Really? It, it's interesting, in this little passage, there are several words that only occur a handful of times. Uh, it's only used here, and Ephesians 5, you got your Bible there, right? Go ahead and turn I to do. Ephesians 5, 25 to 26. This is actually a passage you're, you're going I think you're going to be very familiar with, but Ephesians 5. Twenty-five through twenty-six. I know you, you guys—you would studied Ephesians not too long ago, if I remember uh, correctly. There's been a while.
0: Okay, maybe did, not. Did we do that? I think we did that. Oh, we did. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We did it. Hey, so welcome to the Bible Bistro. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians five twenty-five through twenty-six. The left hand doing? I don't know.
0: I'm the right hand. Here we go. If <laughs> you'd right. like to know and, and more, but you in can go depth. back and
1: look at our at our Ephesians passage on Ephesians.
0: Ephesians 5, 25 through 26, husbands, love your wives just right. as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through so, the
1: word. So that washing with water. So he goes on and, of course, compares Christ's love for the church, that he he wants to present the church as holy to God, right? And, and so washing is one of the ways that that that's idea is represented. And so that's this word washing here, but here it's called the washing of rebirth, of um, and this word rebirth is the one that got me here last week. Mm-hmm. You might remember we were talking about this this word, uh, uh Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> well, you remember we were talking about I this idea. I remember the word, yes, the renewal, right? The idea of renewal. Right. And so here's this this idea of rebirth uh, here in, in this passage. It was Matthew 19 is the other passage. Is that correct? We were talking about last week. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Did we do a series on Ephesians? <laughs> well, I remember what we did last. Yeah. Week. Can I
0: ask you a question? Yeah. And I sure. mean, I'm sure yeah. all of this. So we had Ephesians washing by water. Right. We have washing here, which is yes. typically is a water thing yep. of rebirth. Is this an, a, is this eluding or is this a, a echo of a baptism? I think it is. Narrative? I think it
1: is. That's how I take it. And and I'll tell you, there's a couple of reasons I, I do that. Let me let me go just a little bit further, and then we'll we'll come back. It's a great question, I think. And and I do see this as a picture of, of baptism. Uh, so this idea of washing, of rebirth, and renewal is the other word. And this word, guess how many times is used in the New Testament? Uh, uh, twice. Only twice. Yes! Isn't that amazing? Uh. <laughs> Antikinosis is used only here and in Romans 12. Now, without looking, tell me what Romans 12 is. Do you remember Romans 12, how it begins?
0: No, wait. Uh, No, I don't remember. I'm thinking later, Roman.
1: Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this this world, world. but be transformed by the renewal renewing of your mind so that's the other place that the word's used this idea of a transformation or you know renewal mm-hmm. uh, and, and so that's the idea here uh to be to be made literally it's to be made new again anna means again and kenosis is this idea of of new so to be re- renewed right to mm-hmm. be made new again so and, and it's not
0: like oh, so made made new again, like as in yeah. you once were new and now you're the being way, the returned way you were in, to.
1: I would say the way you're intended to be, the way you were created gotcha. to be, right before the before, before the fall. fall, right. That's how I would understand that. But but anyway, this idea of rebirth, washing of rebirth and renewal, and then who who is the agent of this action? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Okay, so. If you think about, there, there's two passages, and actually, I hadn't thought about doing this, but we'll we'll do this in a minute. My my favorite sermon by Peter isn't actually Acts two. Acts two is a great sermon. I mean, you know, but Acts three is a really good sermon as well. Uh, Acts two, y- you might remember what he says is when they they the people are cut to their heart you remember this, this is the day of Pentecost, right? Yes. Acts chapter two is day of Pentecost. Yep. He says this, this Jesus whom you, whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. Right. And so the people are cut to their heart. They say, what shall we do? Right. Mm-hmm. A- and he says, what? Repent, uh, repent and be baptized. Okay, so, so turn, turn, turn yourselves around, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in, in order to what?
0: Uh, we're in Acts three here? Acts two uh, right now. So that your sins may be wiped out.
1: Okay, so so forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit right. yeah. is Acts chapter two, right? We know that's that Acts
0: chapter two, yes,
1: yeah, that's that passage we know, yeah. we know very, very well. He says a similar thing in Acts chapter three, and that's where you are now, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah, that's what, so. If you just asked me what Acts two was, I would have said, forgiveness of sins, forget the Holy Spirit." <laughs> right? right. Well, I, gonna, I thought you were on three.
1: I was, was going to go there. No, I was back into you. You know, you know in fairness. You were, you were. Um, but anyway, the same kind of thing. <laughs> You were flipping in your in your in your Bible, so back in verse seventeen, Acts chapter three, seventeen. We'll start there. Uh, you can go ahead and read that, and go go yeah. ahead down through twenty one or so.
0: Yeah. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what He had foretold through all the prophets, saying that His Messiah would suffer. Repent then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets.
1: Now the word restore everything is the one I have. I just love that. You know, that he's coming to, to restore, restore everything. It. That's that's the plan. But go back it's up. It's not in, just to pluck us out of it. It's to restore it. <laughs> look back up in verse uh, yeah, that's exactly right. But look up back up in verse 19. Repent then. Same thing he said in Acts chapter 2, right? Mm-hmm. He, he says, repent and be baptized. He says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that's equivalent to sins of forgiven, right? And then we have the whole gift of the Holy Spirit, and here he says that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So I think these are parallel, right? He's talking mm-hmm. about the same kind of things happening. Uh, we repent, we turn to God in our act of baptism, right? Submitting ourselves to this to this um, command that He's given us, right? We submit ourselves is is the is the way that we turn to God. And I would say the God given way that we turn to Him, and, and that our sins are then forgiven, they're wiped out. Times of refreshing has to do with the Holy Spirit. So you asked about a, a Titus chapter three. Does Titus th- chapter three have to do with uh, this idea of baptism? And here's why. Here's why I think it does is because it's a very similar kind of language, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's this idea that the washing of rebirth. So, so being born again, right? Being, mm-hmm. being reborn in water, mm-hmm. we, we could say. Uh, and renewal, that, that's similar to that idea of refreshing, right? That comes from the spirit. So washing or rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So Peter says that this idea, the gift of the Holy Spirit is connected to our, our responding to God's gift uh, responding to God's mercy in baptism, right, uh, mm-hmm. and we receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Gift of the Holy Spirit is that idea of re- the the refreshing, the the renewal, the um, uh, sanctification is the is the word that I, ultimately I use mm-hmm. for this that that the Holy well and other people too that that the Holy Spirit. I didn't just make up the word sanctification. <laughs> um, that the Holy Spirit is is entering our lives now and. Transforming us is is beginning to renew us, it, it, uh, and it's mm-hmm.
0: a it, it's an identity thing as well, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, I mean, because yeah. sanctification, as the we seal. talked about, like the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is working in us and refining us, but there's also yeah. an, an is there an, an identification change that we would
1: sure as yeah, the Holy Spirit, yeah, the Holy Spirit, I think, is involved in that as well, right? Um, and, and here I would go to Romans eight, that other passage I just mentioned not too long ago, where where Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, then then he has the holy spirit right the, the holy spirit indwells in them lives within them so so yeah i think i think this idea of washing i think it's not a mistake it's 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 you know this this idea of there's a water um, part to this right there's a washing that takes place in this and, and it is it is for the purpose of rebirth and renewal right and I could even think it, you know, I don't want don't want to make too fine a point, because he's going to mention justification here in just a minute. We're going to talk about that that idea of justified. But to be born again is the initial act, we might say, of it's not our it's not our act. It's what happens when we respond to God's act of grace, right? Mm-hmm. So so the offers extended to us, we respond and we are born again in that right we are we are made new in that that's i would call that justification then the holy spirit the times of refreshing is this idea of the renewal we are being made you know I often you have heard me say this we're being put back into our right minds right, right. we're we're being made the way we we're, we're being recreated into the image that we were intended to bear uh you know we we were created in the image of god uh, Paul will use this image that, or he will say that this has been marred. This image has been, you know, marked by um, the fall by by sin. But now we are being renewed in, into the image of the Creator, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I think is going on here. There's okay. a lot. And, yeah, yeah. I, I told you it's a really small package, but there's a lot, a lot going on mm-hmm. here. Uh, so then in verse chapter 3 verse 6 it says whom talking about the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously. That word generous isn't used that often. I think it's only used four times in the in the New Testament, but anyway, it's the idea of an abundance, right he, He's poured out on us sufficiently so that so that we're able to be transformed whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. so that, having been here. So here's the result, right? Mm -hmm. Having been justified by his grace. So there, there we get into that theological concept of justification, right? (laughs) Which is Mm -hmm. often bandied about. Um, (laughs) you mean there's discussion on this topic? Yeah, there's discussion on this. So justification, I would understand as, as being considered no longer condemned Right. Uh, chapter eight, again, of the book of Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So so it's the idea that we have been because of sin, we have been found guilty. Uh, we you know, we've stood trial. We've been found guilty. And the sentence has been given to us. And the sentence for sin is death. Right. It's a death sentence. Wages of sin is death. Uh, And so now in Christ, justification is that we stand before him uh, with that sentence overturned, I guess we could say, right? Uh, We are no longer, there is no condemnation. We are no longer condemned. Uh, We are no longer, in fact, that word I've mentioned before, condemnation and judgment is the same, same word there. So we are no longer judged. Um, but we are considered to be right now with God. Um, we are no longer separated by our sin. We're now right with God because of what Christ has done, because of what Jesus has done. So that having justified by his grace, right, we might become, here's the, here's the um, result, we might become heirs. Uh, so we, we, along with Christ, inherit now the good things of the Father. We become heirs having the hope Hope's an important concept in in our faith, right? Mm -hmm. Looking forward to eternal life. So that's uh, that's kind of the result then. Yeah, uh, so like justified,
0: you become part of the people of God.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a part of it. I, I think justification. I, I mean, again, we've you know, talked. We have yeah, an we've talked about. This. We have an episode. And so I would go back and listen to that. And and I I think that there are a variety of things that happen. And I think to narrow it down a bit too much. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be careful about that, right? Because people will talk about the forensic part of it, and that's what I just kind of—that was the metaphor that I just used of a courtroom, right? We're, right. we're sentenced and, and that kind of an idea, and that—that's true. There, that—that that tends to be more of an individual thing. I do think in justification we are declared to be a part of God's people, right? We we attach ourselves to God's people, and as a whole, we are we are considered to be right with God. Yeah, yeah. we can think of it that way as well.
0: Let me ask you about verse six real quick. Okay, um, so it says, "Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our yes. Savior." So the Holy Spirit is poured out through Jesus. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think? I mean, is this like a yeah no Holy Spirit activity until Jesus or what? You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot in that sentence for me to kind of. Well, there think are
1: about. clearly. Let me ask you this question. Uh, there there are clear. There's clearly Holy Spirit activity. We believe the Holy Spirit is an eternal. Uh, person of the Trinity, right? right. That's yeah. orthodox, I would say, traditional Christian, Christian belief. And we'll come back to say something else about that in just a minute. But um, talk to me before Jesus about the activity of the Holy Spirit. Well, we know he was chilling out over the
0: water. I'm kidding. That, that sounds sacrilegious? That's Genesis one. That's yeah. Genesis
1: one. Yeah, I don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I'm not. I'm not.
0: <laughs> no, he was hovering over the waters. What uh, else?
1: What else do we have him doing then?
0: Well, he descends on Jesus. Okay, so, I, so I'm he, saying he. I'm the Holy Spirit yeah. descends on Jesus. Yeah,
1: and and you're you're <laughs> when you say he, you're in good company. Um, the word pneuma is actually um, a feminine word in Greek, but Uh, John, for example, uses the masculine pronouns to refer to him. (laughs) So he, it's bad, bad Greek, but he, he goes so far. And I I think it's because he wants us to understand that the spirit of God is not, um, is not impersonal. It's Mm -hmm. not an impersonal force. The spirit is a person. Right. Um, but, but anyway, uh, that that's a little aside. Uh, we, we have an episode on this Holy Spirit too, but, uh, The uh, at this point we have an episode probably on about everything. If you Um, haven't
0: listened to all of them, you should. They're all
1: gold. There's a couple couple of good ones in there. Um, So, so what I was going to say though is where where do we have the? Maybe I should be more specific. Give me some stories from the Old Testament where we have the Holy Spirit interacting with individuals.
0: Well. Gosh, you're gonna. You're making me look dumb now. No,
1: I don't mean to make you look dumb. I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples, and these these are you, when you hear them, you'll know them. You, in fact, yeah. we sing songs about some of them. Um, so here's here's one of the first places we find the Holy Spirit interacting directly on individuals. Uh, is and this one you we don't sing songs about this one. You don't remember this one, but uh, there was a Oholiab and uh, the other guy who was supposed to build the tabernacle. Do you, you remember, remember that?
0: Oh yes, they were. They were given the skills and so forth to to, to build the the temple.
1: The, the spirit of God came upon them, mm. right in order to in order to do that.
0: I was just reading a book about this. I'm, I am an idiot. I forget it.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> you're not an idiot. We were just talking about this. You're you're getting smarter all the time. But uh, the uh, the idea. So there, the the Holy Spirit comes upon them in order for a particular task, right? A particular right. purpose. There's another really interesting one where we find Saul. You remember this early king? And and the spirit comes upon him, right? Uh and, and it's shown actually. Do you do you remember he there's a there's a visible sign of the spirit oh, coming he was upon
0: shining. him? His face was shining. With well, no, no,
1: no. It. I'm talking about I'm talking about he he prophesies. You remember and, and it says that but he did not do so again. Um and, and you know, so so that some said, well, is even Saul among the prophets, right? Um, and, and so the spirit comes upon him But then do you remember that there's a point At which the spirit Leaves Saul mm-hmm. Do you remember that or not
0: <laughs> mm, Vaguely You're going to tell me I'm, just gonna, I'm well, not no, going to no, say anything because I'm going to say it, it wrong
1: No no it's, it's I've taken my spirit From him and I have put it Upon David right So the spirit wasn't permanent With Saul the spirit left And later on here's the one we sing About um do you remember where David later after his sin pleads with God and in the Psalms it says, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And and he's he's going back to think about Saul. You remember Saul was then, and this is one of those weird passages, was uh um tormented by an evil spirit sent from God. <laughs> it says, right, yes. Yeah, yes, I do remember that. So, so you have the Holy Spirit. So, so here, those are just some examples. Um, and what it seems like, and and, and there are going to be people who are going to yell at me about this and say I'm I'm being too too making too fine a point here on this. It seems like in the Old Testament, or or let me put it this way, before Jesus, before the activity of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would come upon a person for a, a period of time for a particular purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the, the Holy Spirit's activity in, in the individual, I'm saying, um, was, was temporary, was for a particular purpose, right? For, for, in order to accomplish a task, uh, anyway, and, and was only upon certain people. So you know, it wasn't it wasn't the whole people of Israel, right? But do you remember the prophecy then? Uh, and this is a prophecy again, going back to Acts chapter two that Peter quotes um, when he he quotes uh, is it Micah chapter two. Uh, in those days, the Spirit will come upon uh, the King James. I'm going to quote now because I'm that old. Uh, the Spirit will come upon all flesh. Right, mm-hmm. and, and and both men and women, and young and old, right, and and, and this is what you're going to see. And so, in the day of Pentecost, you remember the Spirit visibly makes manifest upon uh, upon them, mm-hmm. and, and and Peter says, "This is what was prophesied in those days that the Spirit is coming upon you." So then he says, "Repent, and be baptized, every one of you." for the forgiveness of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. So the spirit is no longer upon individuals, right? So <laughs> all this is along. do you remember your question now? <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: I do. Didn't you ask? Yeah, that, okay. put, that poured out, it poured on us generously through Jesus Christ. Our Savior. Yeah.
1: And so, so back in Acts two, he, he that, I think it's that language that's used there, right? That that this is this is the idea of the pouring out that that has been promised. Um, let me see if I can if I can find that passage where he says, "Yeah, here it is." Joel. I said I said Mike. It was Joel, verse sixteen. This is what's spoken of the prophet Joel. Joel chapter two. In the last days, God says, "I will pour out my spirit on all people." Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. On my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they'll prophesy. So so you get what I'm saying? I think this pouring out is different. I think it is different after Jesus. And I even think there's a reason for it. Um, I think it's because of the forgiveness of sins.
0: Um, so do you see <laughs> I'm – I'm going to – corner you here. <laughs> You're gonna love this. You know how you make me look dumb? I'm gonna yeah, corner you gonna on make something. Me like look this. Dumb. I'm not gonna make you look dumb. I'm just gonna corner you on something. Okay. So you know if, if the spirit is poured out, like as we think so would you say, I mean this is kind of going down the Holy uh-huh. Spirit path here, like is the spirit only working in those who have you know, we talk about the conviction of the spirit. You know, is there is there a difference between like an indwelling of the spirit then or just like a general spirit that's that's calling all of us that Enables us to respond. <laughs> kind of like the I I told you, I'm going to put you in a corner. Yeah. Well, like the, the Romans, like that, we're all held accountable because we can see it. You've Do said have... several
1: things that I'm going to have to come back to, but I'll, I'll say this. Yes, I understand there to be a difference with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that it is, it is for those who have responded to God's call, who've turned to Him, mm-hmm. right? And this is what Peter says. You, you'll be forgiven of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think those two are connected. Let me just go here real quick. What separated us from God is our rebellion, right? And and that's we've talked about this. You see that in the garden; it's depicted um, metaphorically or <laughs> metaphorically, symbolically, I suppose, by the the angel that's st- stationed at the entrance of the garden. Right? Mm-hmm. This was a place. The garden was a place of um, intimacy with God, right? You could walk with God in the cool of the day. This was a place where we were together with God. He was our God, and we were His people, right? Right. A- and and we were separated from that because of our sin. Because He's a holy God, right? And and He cannot He cannot be in the presence of sin. You know, it's 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 opposed to His very nature. And so the forgiveness of sins, the justification we have in Jesus is what, in my opinion, makes possible the Holy Spirit indwelling us and allowing us to be transformed. So do I think that the Spirit works preveniently, uh, to use a fancy term? Uh, Very
0: Wesleyan I, term.
1: <laughs> I think that that there are occasions and, uh, I mean, for example, uh, one of the ways that I think that the Spirit works is through putting a believer in in the proper place so you've Mm -hmm. got you've got philip and the eunuch right And, and and he puts him there in that place where he can but do i believe that the spirit is operating directly upon the eunuch in that situation i would say no Okay. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Corners, I cornered that's, you, baby. That's, that's, that's well, my I, answer. I, but I mean,
0: I, I think that's an important question as we think about these things. I mean, this is a question that I, you know. If
1: if what I said is true, and it may not be. It could be, yeah. If if, if what I said is true about sin, separating us from god and it's only through the just through responding to the work of jesus that we're able to be right with god and the the enjoy again the intimacy that's what i really think the indwelling of the holy spirit is 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 a renewal of that intimacy that times of refreshing to use to use the acts three term Mm -hmm. it's the renewal of that relationship that close relationship that we have with God, if I believe, if if, if and I do, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. What separated us with a, was our sin. Then at least that kind of intimacy that we can have with God through the Spirit is not possible without the work of Jesus. And, and I'm going to tell you, <laughs> one of the things for me that makes me believe that is it belittles the work of Jesus. Mm.
0: If we can have intimacy with God without... If
1: we can have intimacy with God without Jesus' death on the cross, I mean, let, let's, just, let's just call it for what it is, right? Without his shedding blood on my behalf, then then, then what exactly was that all about is, <laughs> I guess, my question. Do, do, do you yeah, get, if get my done, point? If
0: you've not been... I'm going to say baptized in his death, like if you've not been joined with well, him in his death and resurrection.
1: And, and since you're a Romans person, right? <laughs> Romans 6, what does Romans 6 says? It, 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 we've talked about that passage before in our baptism. Uh, Romans 6, we if if we are united with him like this in his death, then we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. That's what Romans 6 says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So so yeah, that's how I take it. And, yeah. and you know and there's call, a
0: lot to make of the word, you know what does it mean to be united with Christ? there's a lot
1: right. Well, that unite with him like in his death is that that's a that, legomena. That's yeah. the only time that that word's used the entire New Testament and it's it's a word that Paul borrows from the mystery religions where yeah. where they believed that they were they were participating in the in the life of the deity or the death yeah. of the deity. And, uh, so it's not, it's, it's a packed word and Paul doesn't use it accidentally. So anyway, does that answer your
0: question? <laughs> it does. Well, I think this is good. I, well, I Go ahead. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about some of these issues before yeah. and we've talked about the Holy spirit. And I think it's, uh, for me, it's always good to kind of land at a position or land somewhere and kind of go, this is, you know. You're very good at articulating while you come to this these positions. Right. And right. just kinda going, you know, I sometimes think like we, we we've we got like this the big ideas, but we never like drill think down. about drill yeah. down into them and kinda go, how yeah. do how do I think about this? How does this work? Right. And what does it mean? And I you know, I think this is part of our um I mean, for me, this is a, dis- a discipleship. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to know why I think these right. things or is my thinking wrong and, and, and how I think about these things.
1: Exactly. And the thinking part is important. I've said before, the, the practicing part is important as well. Right. Uh, You know, living it out. But, but you know, the atonement was the word I was looking for earlier and, and it escaped me. The other thing is, like you said, we have to think about how does one doctrine uh, how does one part of our belief system impact other important parts of our belief system, right? Mm-hmm. so so that's that's why, you know, just just to be frank, that's why I because I believe so strongly in what Jesus accomplished in the cross and the, the substitutionary atonement. Uh, and again, that's not all that happened. Mm-hmm. But that is a part of what happened uh, is is that that he took the penalty of death that was ours right upon himself um hebrews you know i can quote all kinds of passages on that but but he he you know accomplished that and therefore made it possible for us to be right with god so yes there's a difference between after jesus and before jesus right Mm -hmm. right otherwise otherwise you know the why why did he Did he have to suffer in that way? And I'm going to tell you, and again, I've heard this from the pulpit a couple of times in, in churches that you and I go to, is Jesus was not a plan B, right? It wasn't like God trying to come up with something on the fly, mm-hmm. Um you know, and that's because of first Peter chapter one, which says, you know, before the creation of the world. Right. He was the lamb chosen uh, that, that in other words, there was a knowledge before creation itself that there would have to be a sacrifice. Because um, in, in, in my opinion, in order to create uh, a being in the image of God with the ability to to actually have, you know, um, real free will. The ability, the real ability to choose, not not apparent free will, but but actual libertarian free will, will, to use the philosophical term, not the political term, but the philosophical term, Um, then then that was what was inevitable. Uh, Inevitably, they were going to choose to do other than God's will, unless you have a human being that is fully divine. <laughs> right, right, uh, and, and so, so, and, and you know, to only, to be fully divine, we missed. I always say we missed that opportunity because you know we weren't eternal. Uh, you know, right? We haven't always existed. We were not pre-existent. Therefore, you know, we missed we missed what it means to to be divine, at least in that sense. Uh, now we can participate, I think, in the divine nature, and that's a whole other issue But we have never talked about, it, I don't think. But um, anyway, where was I going I, with this? I so I, there's well, one more thing I want to point out. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I think this is a great verse to be your favorite <laughs> verse. Well, there's a lot of... Ha- you know, I, I, as I'm yeah. thinking about this. You know, there's so much... Yeah. Because it packs so much in there, but it has that very strong Trinitarian nature to it. Yeah, that's you know where what I am mean? like, It's just like, it is not... Yes, Jesus has done his work yeah. and the spirit is doing his work, you know, and God raised yeah. Jesus from, you know, like it, there's this whole, yes. this, it, it, the community working together exactly. on our behalf.
1: On our behalf. And that's, that is at the end of the day, that's where I was going to go with this and see, see how, you're not an idiot. You you came up with this on your own. So look back at this passage. And when you answer the question, who is savior here, right? It says, God, our savior appeared. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done. He saved us by the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit saved us, right? Mm-hmm. God the Father saved us, and then in in verse six, Jesus Christ is called our Savior. So yeah, here's all three persons of the. Now I'm just a lay Trinitarian, of course, but here's all <laughs> <laughs> here's all three persons. Here's all three persons of the Trinity. And you said it very well, focused upon our salvation, focused upon making us right with him, with himself. And 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 that for me is just a powerful passage. Uh and at the end of the day, that's that's one of the things I love about it, is is just the you know, and and, and that's the thing is is the doctrine of the Trinity, I understand is is difficult for some people, but I think we see it in so many places in scripture but this is one what's so unique about this passage is we see all three persons of the trinity focused upon upon you know out of the love of humanity right out of his mercy and his love uh, focused upon the work of salvation on our behalf so
0: it's a good one it might yeah it might move up in my, you I know, I don't have a favorite, but it well, might move up.
1: I mean, Titus I don't chapter- want to be <laughs> just a follower here. If you were trying, but Titus chapter pr- three verses four through seven, I think for most people doesn't rank in their top hundred. You know, uh, maybe their top thousand. But, but Jesus uh, wept.
0: That's I can remember that.
1: <laughs> or uh, you know, there's a way that seemeth right to a man in the end leads to destruction don't, or something don't, like that. Don't, don't King James me here, bro. I'm sorry. It's when I'd memorized them all. Can you believe that I memorized all these in the King James First? So
0: <laughs> I can. Yeah, that because that's the kind of guy I'm, that you are. I'm just that old.
1: So. Uh,
0: anyway, well Brian, I think this is fantastic. Yeah, you know, I well, think I this hope. is uh it's good to look at a verse that has so much in it that might not be in the top 100 yeah. verses or one that's not jumped into a lot. Here's
1: the series, not the top 100.
0: Well, you said it. It might not, not be in people's I know. top 100.
1: I know. No, I'm just saying not the top 40. That's why we, we got to look at these obscure passages. Casey Kasem's top, yeah. you know,
0: hitting the charts. Yeah. So, uh, well, this is great. Yeah. This is all good. Well, Brian, thank you so much. This is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast as we're kind of wrapping yeah. up here, head to thebiblebistro.com. You can join Patreon in that right-hand corner, and Patreon is a way that you can support the work we're doing here. Yeah. Um, you know, we're paying for our online service to host we, the videos. We we're got a picture to, with
1: somebody in one of
0: our t-shirts. Yeah, this well, last that's week. gonna come up here. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. put that photo out there. I'll be you good. You know, paying for our, our online thing here, and you know, a lot of time go into this, and so this isn't. Uh, we're not trying to you know retire on this but you know if you're appreci- if you enjoy the podcast
1: we'd appreciate your support but if you want to become that big of a patron that we can retire that would be fine too we just and talk about stuff and we could just podcast all the time all day every day we'd have an everyday podcast oh. it would be like the <laughs>
0: hmm, i was going to say like a truman show but then like no no that wouldn't be good either what,
1: what would the title of our show be if we were if we were broadcasting every day like the truman <laughs> show yeah Brian Brian show i don't know we'd figure it out Mm. have i sent you the ryan thing i shouldn't i shouldn't talk about it because like it's it's
0: yes you have and we've talked about it (laughs) anyway (laughs) not to be confused with brian but anyway anyway so here we are thank you so much brian i appreciate your time and uh thank you so much for to our listeners uh you can follow us on facebook uh instagram tell us us your favorite bible verse yes and maybe we'll talk about it in a couple years No, show us your favorite Bible verses. We'd love to hear them. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Yep. See ya. See ya, Brian.